I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. Should I stay or should I go now? Police busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie. A piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. All right, Jonas. I be- you've done stay or go before, I believe, correct? Because I think this was still going on during the Andy days, which you frequently co-hosted during that time you would have done this before no i don't think so really all right well it's a pretty simple concept we look at last night's game we break it down what are some things you want to see stay going forward and what are some things you want to see go from the maple leafs uh going forward from that game last night so it was a it was an interesting one the next gen game they're always a little wild and wacky and it actually started out a little bit more tame than usual for uh, these 2 p.m. afternoon starts, but it, it got there by the end. It, it definitely got there, a 4-3 win uh, for the Maple Leafs over the Flyers. So uh, I'll let you start. What are some things that you liked last night to, in that game that you want to see stay? Do you want to stay or a go? you want to stay? Yeah, we'll start with the positives. Okay. I'm going to stick with their – I don't know if I'm stealing from yours. I might be. Uh, go for it. I'm going to stick with their their quote-unquote top line. I like the way that Bunting, Matthews, Nylander have looked. And I don't know that it's always been great um, in this stretch that they've played together. Some of the underlying numbers are, are kind of a little dicey. Some of the defensive stuff hasn't been great. But I just think there was a point in that game where they kind of took over. Uh, Matthews and Nylander were just wheeling and dealing together. And obviously they set up that goal for bunting and and I think it presents like a really interesting dynamic for them as you move ahead and you start thinking about the playoffs and I think like I'm constantly just thinking about what this means for playoffs and you look <laughs> at the way their lineup if this would be the way that it was structured and obviously lots and lots and lots can change yeah. but suddenly it's like they have two lines that are potentially pretty threatening and they haven't always had that at playoff time yeah how do you defend like, that how do you defend that right like if if martyrs on your second line Suddenly, it's like, well, what do we do here? And and I just think they haven't really had that fully operational. I mean, you remember in the playoffs last year, Neilander and Tavares didn't always play together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, if you have Neilander with Matthews, and you've got Marner with Tavares, suddenly you look pretty difficult to defend, and you could be pretty difficult to defend. Yeah, I I, I agree, I, and I think that's. I know that the overall expectation is that the Marner-Matthews separation isn't permanent, and eventually they'll end up together. But, I mean, if this is successful and if this works and if, you know, these guys can provide two lines that can equally score in the way that they have over the course of this last, you know, month or so since the split, I mean, just keep it going, keep it rolling. I think giving the opposition, um, giving the coach that, that, you know, second thought about, okay, who do we want to send our most dominant defenders out against tonight, you know, who does who do we send out for Victor Hedman? Who do we send Anthony Sorelli to? Marner or Matthews? Having to make that decision um, is is you know a good thing for the Maple Leafs to kind of put in the heads of the oppositional coaches. Um, something that I want to see stay is is just like the secondary scoring. I mean, you talk about that top line playing extremely well. Um, you know, they're also getting some secondary scoring, and I'll put Bunting in that because he's not. 
a traditional goal scorer, but when he does put pucks in the back, whoa, whoa, it, it whoa! He's not a team. traditional goal scorer. Come on, come on! Yeah, what yeah. is he? You know what I do? But look at the way that he scored the last couple of games, though. Like traditionally, this guy's almost in a in a JVR mold where it's like ninety percent of his goals come from within you know ten feet of that, right? And you look at the last two games, and this guy's firing him from. You know, out out <laughs> towards the middle of the ice in the slot, and they're going like top cheese on on Vasilevsky. The guy went top corner. It was a nicely played shot. Um, I, I would like to credit the big boys for helping set that up. Obviously, Austin Matthews. I mean, that he's just enough of a, a threat of a shot that like Carter Hart totally bit on that. He was one thousand percent thinking Matthews is going to shoot this from in tight and just high IQ play gets it over to Bunting, and he's got half the net to shoot at, and he doesn't miss. But also, Cali Yarncroft getting a goal last night. So that helps when you're getting those uh, those secondary goals. But Sheldon Keefe wanted to touch on, or he did yesterday, um, touch on uh, the fourth line. And he, 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 the fact that that helped lead to the Nylander goal, which ended up being the game winner too. So although it's not literal offense and secondary scoring, it's the rest of the guys, the depth, stepping up, which leads to that scoring. Here's Sheldon Keefe on, uh, on that play uh, yesterday after the game. You go back to the shift before that. The Holmberg line is out there. They bring the puck down the rink. They grind the other team down. All three of them get off the ice, and they send out. We send out the Matthews line against tired people and uh, score what ends, ends up being the game-winning goal. So that's uh, that's something that doesn't go unnoticed by the coach. So I just like that he he gave them that little shout out there. It's not something that a lot of you know, fans and people will acknowledge just based on the fact that they weren't on the score sheet. They don't get the plus. They didn't get the assist, the goal, but it, it helped. And, and you know, they kept Ozone possession alive. So, you know, allowing that uh, those big boys to, to score also, I, I wanted to play that clip for sure. Uh, what else is something you want to see stay? Wait, can I fight you on something? Yeah, sure. I don't think that this is the best that punting has played. I know that, like, that was a question after the game, and I know you yeah. brought it up with CJ. It's not. Like, I, I know this is, like, very recency bias. He was, like, <laughs> unbelievable for a stretch in the second half last year. This is not, yeah. like, he's been kind of trending in the right direction now for a few weeks, but I don't think that this is the best he's played. I mean, that's fair. I, I think that you look at the last couple of games, though, and you're starting to see what we saw last year. You know, if you look at it in a, a extremely micro, like, weak size bit, I think what he did in the game against Tampa, being that pest, being hard in on the forecheck, and then yesterday scoring that goal, I think he's trending towards what we saw in that hot stretch a year ago. Um, but just in general, like another thing that I liked about this game, and really you could look at it in the Tampa game and uh, yesterday afternoon, they're dominating in long stretches, right? You look at you know the first period pretty well, the entire second period, and the early part of that third. I mean, they are completely all over Philadelphia. I think they out only gave up like seven shots, I believe, through the first couple of periods, seven or nine shots, and they did the same thing in Tampa Bay. So the fact that they're dominating in long stretches of these games, um, I, I, I think that clearly it can stay because that gives them the best chance to win games. I'm with you. I, I think Tampa obviously is a different case than Philly. Philly... Well, they just not, stink. not a lot going on there. <laughs> no, they're terrible. But Do you want one still. of my more another stay? Absolutely. I'm going to go with their power play, which has not been great for a little bit here. Obviously, they get the goal from Marner. Um, I'm you curious. Like the five man unit. I don't love it, but I like. 
I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's a short-term thing. Like, whenever Morgan Riley comes back next month, right? he goes right back and, and things go back to normal. Like, it's funny. Like, they had such a devastating power play, obviously, last year for most of the year. Actually, not most of the year. The first half, and then it really kind of sailed. I'm kind of okay with their power play. Like, I, I, I'm, I feel better about it than I, I have in, in past years. It just feels more unpredictable like they're not really relying on that Matthew shot as much as they used to like they're kind of they've got all these different dynamics that they didn't have at times it, before to, to build on that does it feel like they've not that they've gone away from it but they're more conscious that in order to you know really be a threat there's got to be way more going on it just seems like there's a lot more movement on that power play than what it was a year ago where it was okay Matthew kind of in the mold of an OV in the mold of a Stamkos, coast going to stand still on the flank and try and get him that pass. It seems like there's so much more movement with this power play, and it, it is opening and creating some chances. Well, and, and they change. Like, remember in the past, like, we would talk, like, who's playing in the bumper spot? Who's playing on the left flank? Who's playing there? They change constantly. Yeah, it's fluid, very fluid. Yeah, like shift to shift in, in power plays. So, yeah, their, their power play, I'm I'm interested. Their second power play unit has not been very good all year. Well, They're still they play 20 seconds a game. <laughs> yeah, but like they don't. Anyway, that's a small thing that will. But if they can get their power play going in the second half, obviously leading into the playoffs, that would be a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Jonas, what's uh, what's something you want to see go from last night's game? Well, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to break the rules a little bit. Can uh-huh. I go in between stay or go? Like I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know. Sure. Is that allowed? Can I well, make up my I own mean, rule? We'll make a one-day exception. We'll make an exception for you, Jonas. So I'm on standby watching to see how this Cali Yarncroc with Marner and, and Tavares works. They yeah. don't really have another option at all, really, for the, the time being. Obviously, that's something we look ahead to the trade deadline. I'm okay with it, sort of. I think it's been okay. I don't think he punches it up that much. I don't think he hurts it that much. Uh, but I'm... So I'm on the fence. He obviously scored a goal yesterday, so that was something in his favor. What do you think? Yeah. I I I guess I'm with you. Like I don't necessarily believe that Callie Arncroft is the answer to that second line left wing position. But at the same time, when you look at the roster, who is more qualified to take that spot right now? I don't think they have someone internally. You know, they've tried Kerfoot there and, you know, mixed bag, plus I believe that Kerfoot's actually been pretty impactful on that third line. Like, that Engvall, Camp, and Kerfoot line have been really good. Like, they had 71% expected goals last night, um, yesterday against them, and, and they've had a lot of really good results of late. But ultimately, I, I think there will need to be an upgrade there uh, if this team really wants to take that next step, I suppose, and be, be, you know, give them the best chance, I suppose, to succeed and have that secondary scoring for the playoffs um, when that comes around. So I guess I'm with you um, in that aspect where... You know, do I love it? No, but it makes sense for the time being. Are you on the uh, fence? I'm on the fence. Yeah, a little bit on the fence. We're a little on the fence on that one. Uh, something that I want to see go, and, and this is being extremely nitpicky, to be completely honest with you, Jonas, but, like, I don't want to see Samsonov falling back to earth here. No, I want him to remain a 930 goaltender and a sub two goals against. But you look at the last couple of games here, he's he's starting to fall back to earth. An 821 save percentage, an 842 in his last uh, couple of starts here um, as a Maple Leaf this week. So, you know, that's one thing. 
if he could remain being Super Sam, one of the top goalies in the league, I think I would prefer that to be the case. Uh, I don't think that will be, but that's the only kind of nitpicky thing I can think of. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something, AB. He's not going to be at 9:24 all year. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure know. that. And he was at like 9:33 for a while. And like I know his record right he, now. What is he on he, the season? 10-3 and 0. Yeah, he's undefeated at Scotia Bank Arena too, which is uh, you know an interesting. I think he tied a record for most wins to start the season on home ice. I believe was the statistic I saw floating out there. Um, and then he could break the record in his next start. So hopefully he can do that. Uh, anything else from last night you want to see go? It was no, kind I, think of, th- I think that's I think was- that's pretty good. You know who you mentioned Justin Hall in the, in the the segment with CJ. I yeah. think if you want to add another thing to the State Department, like he's just been solid for a long time, and like he oh, took yeah. a lot of heat, obviously last season, early this season. He was a popular trade candidate. Like we looked at when they were trying to negotiate the contract for Rasmus Sandin, we just kind of looked at him and said, that's the guy. And now he's become like through this stretch, you know, obviously they've gotten TJ Brody back, but he was their most important defenseman for, I don't know. He was playing 25 minutes a game for like a little stretch there. And, and him and Giordano have really had to step up and, and they did. And you're right. Justin Hall, I mean, it, it's 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 going to be interesting because you've got Justin Hall, who's a UFA candidate uh, at the end of the year. You've got Michael Bunting. You've got David Camp. And, you know, all three of those guys play a role. Like, are they the core to this team? No, not necessarily. But those guys have played a, a, a pretty big role in this team's success um, for those other two, specifically on, on the defensive end of things. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of these UFAs unfold throughout the, the course of the year and, and into the summer. But well they have other ones. Like you're not like they got lots of guys. Engvall's a oh, UFA, yeah. Kerfoot's Engvall. a UFA. I think so many of those like you just have to wait. They, I, I don't Oh see. I agree. I don't think any of these guys like if you had to maybe we can come back and talk about this actually. Let, let's do that. Let's take a break. We come back, talk about these UFAs and talk about maybe who you would prioritize uh, going forward here for the Maple Leafs. So we'll do that on the other side. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Jonas Siegel of The Athletic. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here.